looking real fresh. Well, what's up, Dan? What's going on, Jay, man? I'm pretty good. I brought a guest with me. You did. His he- name is Mike Milligan. What's up, Mike? What up, guys? Came a long way. How you doing, Mike? Flew in. Cool. Boy, my arms tight. Uh, there it is. Uh, and let's get him off the yeah. air, Dan. Bye, Mike. Get back to Fresh Talk. <laughs> cool. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest today. We have Mike. Um, I just got back from the airport picking Mike up because he's in town to jam this weekend, getting ready for the Get Happy Tour. That's right. We got a full mm-hmm. weekend of jamming. You came out a couple months before and we did this, and now yeah. we're going to do it again and hopefully refine the set, figure out what we're playing. What we're not playing. What we're not. But figure out what we're not playing. Yeah, that's more appropriate. I just want to play. Get them up for 30 minutes. Straight up. Just I, I don't want to do that. Experimental. Uh, experimental jazz free odyssey. jazz odyssey. I wish to not do that either. <laughs> yes. But yes, here we are, Dan. We have a special guest in the house. Mike is here today. And we're very happy to have you, Mike. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here in the actual studio this yes, time. Yes, the actual studio. Yes, yes, yes. So now you get to see the many screens of Dan, <laughs> and at one point he'll get rid of that control one to the left, and there'll be two... Oh, you want to see that one? There'll be two views of the thing. I don't even know what's going on but right they now. Won't, yeah, look at that. It won't line up, and suddenly you think you're lost in the Matrix. It's bizarre. And then you look at the person, then you look at them there, and you look at them there, and you're like, oh my God, Dan. You are lost shit. in the Matrix. Yeah, and if for people that can't visually see this... I guess I don't think anybody can, even if you're watching live on Facebook. Um, Dan has a light. And, and what did you comment on, uh, Mike, when you walked <laughs> so, in? So I used to work mildly in video. And a ring light, right, normally fits around like a DSLR camera lens or whatever. This one apparently is for the Hubble telescope. <laughs> it is the largest thing I've ever seen it's, in my I life. I got it so cheap now that the Hubble's going out of service, let me tell you. <laughs> you can't look at it. And that's the truth. You can't stare at it. It's too much. I mean, you're not supposed... Did you see the president looking at the eclipse? That's you right now. Yeah, but you bought a light that's an eclipse. <laughs> Think about that. That's crazy. Agreed. That is, that I mean, is the ring. size of my floor <laughs> tile. Yeah, okay, all right. That I is see a 16-inch ring light. It's huge, <laughs> man. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> totally. It is pretty badass, though. Well, gentlemen, we are here at Fresh Talk. Um, we're just going to have a fun one today, catch up on a bunch of different stuff. I don't even think we have a subject, Dan. We threatened to do our year-end episode, but it has not come to fruition. <laughs> it's going to be 2018 year-end episode yeah, by the time we get yeah. to it. Well, I'll tell you why, because, man, oh, man, the flu that's going around the United States. It's fucking people up. I got hit with it. I I got hit with it last week. Um, I was extraordinarily lucky because I got to go to the doctor right away. I had already booked an appointment for a bad cough that I had. The predecessor to me of getting the flu was this weird nightly cough, that that tickle in the throat. Like, I'm going to go to sleep right now. Oh, no, here comes a tickle. It was horrible, right? Um, and uh, I had a, an appointment for the cough, got hit with the flu, right? And I uh, got to go in. I got Tamiflu. I'm ready to do a commercial for this shit. It's incredible. It knocked the flu out of me within hours, man. It was amazing. Brought to you by Tamiflu. Yeah, I'm, I'm the only... He said it nine times on the way back up here. <laughs> I love, I love Tamiflu! Yeah. Um, what's crazy is I've talked to so many people and I have so many friends that got it for days and days. Aaron was laid up for like six it's, days. It's getting everybody this year. It's really bad. It's stunningly bad. It's brutal. But I was able to kick it very easily because of this Tamiflu. However, for the 24 hours that I had it, a little less than 24 hours, my fever got up to one... 02.7, which correct me if I'm wrong, is moving close to the hospital, right? Like, yeah, 103, 104, one, like 105, you're like brain damage susceptible. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, you get up to 104, 105, you start losing whole grades of memories. Like, the third grade's gone. It's like, who is your teacher? 
what grade? Second? Voldemort. Or fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, but I got through it. I buried it. Um, Aaron got it real bad. Everybody around here has got it. The How hospital. Aaron get the flu? He doesn't leave his house. Yeah, yeah who knows? He probably started the flu. <laughs> um, he's <laughs> patient zero. Yeah, he's patient zero. <laughs> Where's Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> the hospital in Ventura, which, of which there are two. At yeah. one point, my doctor told me reached capacity, and they were sending people over to Oxnard because they're just overwhelmed. His That's office crazy. was filled with people, and the problem is a lot of people... Tamiflu, I guess, works really well if you get it early. And a lot of people, what they try and do, like we, like we all do, oh, I'm going to get fight this. I'll just take a day off and feel yeah. good. The problem is after three, four days, people are waking up saying this isn't It's right. not going away. Yeah, it's not going away. I got to go to the doctors now. And the doctor's like, why didn't you see me on day one? Because I could have got this in. And it's a little too late. It still helps, but it's just not as effective, which is interesting. You would think the longer you've had the well, flu. I think, you, I think the, the earlier you catch it, the less severe your symptoms You have to give your body the right antibodies to fight it, I guess, or whatever it is. Yeah, or yeah just, fortunately so far, I've, I've been lucky. Cool? And, no, I've, I've not gotten sick, and a lot of people in my office have gotten it. But the, fortunately, they're also staying home. They're not okay. trying to be the badass. It's like, oh, it's fine. Like, they're staying home. Stay home. I got a flu shot, which I'm told isn't oh, that effective ooh, this year, but it's, I still got it. I get it every year. I asked my doctor, get for you. I never get them. Do you get them, Mike? No. Yeah, I don't I'm get not them. Like, I'm not a shot. Well, maybe next time you will. You know, I'm the guy that listens to all the like lies. Like, you know, you you'll get you'll get the flu. You'll be sick for two days. I don't want to be sick for two days. It's not true. They say if you get <laughs> how long were you sick without the flu shot? Exactly. Um, but I, my doctor did tell me. He said what they do is they grab three, four strains. They stick it in the thing. They try and predict what's going to hit. Um, he said the problem is if the flu that's going around isn't one of the three strains in the shot. You're screwed. Yes. So right. you could get the flu shot if you get this this uh, vein of the flu. You're screwed. You still get it. He yep. said you may have been protected from the three that are in there. Maybe you dodged the flu five times because that great shot. But if it's some mutation that they didn't anticipate, which this is, boom. And they said it kicked off because of all the travel around the holidays. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Not wild. These man, airplanes are essentially vessels. That are just basically taking germs to different places. They're giant canisters well, of germs. Well, because we had friends, uh, Kansas City and New York, Florida, everywhere. Everyone got it. Somehow, I have two young children who one of them goes to school. I don't know how the heck my household didn't get sick and devastated, but we didn't. Good but, for you, man. It's still off and running, I heard, till basically late February. Like, you, the flu season rages from, like, December to February, but it usually peaks in January and February. And this one hit, like, right around Christmas, early It hit January. early. It hit early. So I, I've been so paranoid since I got it. I've been, like, I got those disinfectant wipes. I get busy. You know, I did all the doorknobs in my house. I washed everything. I mean, I was really scared. That's the know? best thing you can do. You know, wash your hands all the time. Constantly. Try not to stick your fingers in your eyes and your yeah. nose and your butthole. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> well, that's I that. two of those. <laughs> Um, and antibacterial, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, just anything you can do. I uh, read online some tips about what to do on airplanes because they are such. And they said that the flu virus can stay on hard plastic. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody sneezes or whatever the whatever the virus is, whatever anti the whatever the bacteria stay can stay for twenty four hours alive yeah. Yeah, unless yeah. it gets hit with. A disinfectant wipe or yep. is wiped down or so wiped there's off. A, there's a guy that I listen to sometimes. His name's Johnny Jet. He's basically a professional travel blogger, and he has all these travel tips. And he says the first thing he does when he gets on a plane is bust out a little package of those Clorox wipes and wipes down literally it's, everything yeah. that's hard plastic to try and disinfect it. No kidding. Because for, he gets sick yeah. all the well, time. the internet didn't lie to me. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. Yeah. But they said <laughs> wipe down all the, 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 um, the hand rests. 
the tray table because yeah. they say that they do that once a day on a plane but i mean who knows when and yeah. how and everybody if it was the first and, flight in the morning and you're flying yeah. at nine o'clock at night good and, luck and they're telling people if you, if you got the flu don't get on the damn plane but people you know when they have to travel they spent the money they do it anyway i mean they'll be on there just deathly ill like, oh yeah i hope nobody notices i'm dying you know i have to, I have to take some certifications for food safety and like other things like that and literally bleach that's the Clorox wipe. Mm. Bleach is the only thing that really yep. will kill kill just about everything. Most viruses. Yeah, this Clorox wipes. It says ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria yeah. and the flu and all that kind That's, of stuff. So. Hand sanitizer will work for very small microorganisms, but when you're talking about like it the won't flu, do, it won't or do a virus, foodborne illness yeah. or something like that it's mm. got to be bleach. I've been saying this for twenty years. Those little hand sanitizer things are pretty much a sham. Okay, I'm a huge. They fan make you of feel that. real I'm good. I'm a though. huge fan of that sham. <laughs> you feel yeah, real yeah. clean uh, until you <laughs> get the flu. Yeah, exactly. Which I do. I hand sanitizer. <laughs> But I've been doing those, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We got this big tour coming up, and uh, I, being sick, and we've all been there. Being sick on tour, oh, it's the worst. It's worse than being on va- sick on vacation. It's worse than uh, being work. sick at work. It is because you can't enjoy it. Exactly, you can't enjoy all the good times that are around you. Um, if you're on a bus, you basically have this coffin of sickness that you've created. You feel like completely isolated. You're so alone. You don't even have. You're not even on your couch in a nice open air living room. You know what I mean? You're just in a little bunk of death. That's why I Those, keep a liter like a of coffin. That's why I keep a liter of whiskey in my bunk so I can disinfect every time I get out of the. Bunk. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but that's that's exactly what my plan was. <laughs> I am getting busy when we walk onto that tour bus because yay, we have a tour bus. You're getting I'm busy literally on the bringing the thing in those quarter locks. I don't care what the bus driver thinks. If he thinks I'm a wacko or a weirdo, that bus is getting wiped down. Yeah, I fuck mean, yeah. like we've got to protect ourselves because you can't have walking pneumonia again. Yeah, they call it. Yeah, bus. how many tours would this have been if they Chris got on the bus and was like, "This is great," and then is sick, sick. for a week? Straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, they call it bus flu because the buses are just an incubator, just like a plane. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. just like a plane, and it's so cold over there, and you're meeting people every night. Yep, you're shaking hands. Every night. I mean, tour is literally it's it's like a kid going to school. It's just a pressure cooker for 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 getting yeah, sick. People are all so it's probably even worse when you're at the show in the crowd because you're bumping up against a bunch of sweaty people and like people you don't know and like germs are everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a cesspool. Yeah, it's a goddamn cesspool. <laughs> and let's be honest. It's fun, but it's a cesspool. The, the dressing rooms in the majority of the venues in the United Kingdom are about the size of this room. And and they, they all have typhoid. I mean, like they're some of the worst dressing rooms on earth. I mean, this would actually be quite a nice size yeah. for a dressing room. <laughs> I love the UK um, and I love the crowds over there and yeah. I certainly love the people. But my God, I'm telling I'm very serious when I say this. I mean, usually their dressing rooms and their bathrooms are brutal. You know what I'm worried about the most? Hmm. Showers. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've done the old you know flip flop shower. Oh, but we we typically have done okay on get happy tours. Those venues, venues have are nice. the venues yes. are good enough that they'll have a shower. Yeah, you know I actually think all these venues I'm old, may though. have showers, worry about it. or at least the ability to. I mean, the Norwich venue is at college, but I'm sure there's some place oh, on yeah, the no, campus no, they could send you. Um, but man, UEA's got showers. Backstage. I love hot showers. A hot shower on tour. That's one of those things that can really pick you up on a day where you're hurting you're you're hungover or you have the flu or whatever you know so i definitely look forward to <laughs> i that. will never forget when we were on tour with real big fish and we went through amsterdam to play and we played the show and i was like not feeling terrible but not feeling great and i took a shower and i was like oh my god i felt like a new person yeah it just changed my entire perspective for the a rest life. of the day yeah, 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 yeah i was like oh my god yeah, yeah. i just needed a shower i just needed a shower it's what i needed it's like that you scene know? in anchorman where you know he walks in he's all disheveled and he walks in the thing and comes right back out all full of clothes yeah. and he goes, damn, that guy cleans up good. That's kind of what it's like taking yeah. a shower on tour. It's true. And uh, <laughs> man, I I, um, I had on the Real Big Fish tour, 
um, I had uh, walking pneumonia. That's true. And I was not aware of that. I went to a hospital or I went to a doctor in the UK and I was so excited for that great free health care that everybody has. And I couldn't believe when they didn't charge me. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And they basically told me I had a cold. I did not have a cold. I was actually very, very, very seriously ill. I was sick like for two straight fucking weeks. I don't know if you guys remember, but yeah. I had uh, every night I would have a um, uh, roll of toilet paper. And by, that's, that's normal. By the end, of, by the end of when I would wake up in the morning, the entire roll of toilet paper would have been used from blowing my nose and and spitting up phlegm. I would get off stage, and somehow I, you would get get through the show. It was really weird. You would drink like those hot toddies over there. You'd have some whiskey, you'd have some honey, you'd have some tea, and I would power like one of those right before we played. I'd have an actual shot of whiskey. I was you know doing anything to just you know not lose my voice or whatnot. And I'd get off stage, and I would. I remember being in a. In the Netherlands, at that beautiful place where we heard those wonderful, gorgeous. Remember that night we walked in and uh, there was an orchestra playing. Oh, that was. That I want to say that was in Rotterdam. Special venue. I think it was Rotterdam. It was a. It was a music conservatory. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. It was that beautiful. Was way cool. Beautiful. Um, it's where the sound tech ca- caught Navi's guitar in the chest. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Poor guy. Oh, Jesus. A um, million dollar soundboard almost got ruined. Oh. Like I took one in the chest. <laughs> I mean. That's great. So, um, you know, uh, but uh, I remember, um, you know, at the merch table, like, hi, it's very nice to meet you. And then coughing for like 15 minutes, like to the point, like people were just like, like walking away from me, like, yo, scared. HIV, like, get out of yeah, here. Like hurling, like just, vom- I mean, I was basically just vomiting phlegm. I know that sounds absolutely disgusting, but it was nothing like it. I came home from that tour and my doctor was just like you haven't been bedridden? And I'm like, no, I've been rocking shows all over Europe. I've been in like seven <laughs> different countries. You know what I mean? He's like, you could have died. He was like, you can't do that. He was like, your lungs are, are destroyed. I had filling in, up with liquid. I had inhaler. He gave me inhalers and mm. shit. I mean, I was in a real bad place and all you guys are just like, suck it up. <laughs> I mean, like, well, yeah. because friends, <laughs> you've notoriously, we've gone on tour and you get the worst jet lag right off the bat. Yeah, and you're like, Two or three days in, you're like, oh, I still haven't really slept. And we're like, come on, J-Man. Yeah. So, I don't know. We were kind of playing that, that angle on there. And why, why is that, man? I mean, is it just because you think it's because my head's just gone. I'm thinking about so much stuff. But we had that on the last tour when you weren't with us with Lit. Oh, man, like, I had some bad jet lag. Dude. Did you? I had some bad jet lag. Dan gave me a, a magic pill one night, and it was the only good night of sleep I got on the whole what, tour. What, I give you a Xanax or something? Yeah, yeah probably. Like, I don't even know what it was. You know? Probably was. You roofied me. Hook a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're um, all gone now. Yeah. That was ten, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to mean say on the air that Dan was a notorious Xanax dealer for a long time. There's nothing better for that plane flight, I'll tell you what. Boy, but um, man, yeah. I, uh, uh, point being is it was it was rough. I had nights I remember just going to sleep. Okay, I'm finally so tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Thank you. Thank you, God. I go to bed now, and I'll wake up in eight hours, and life will be good. And then hour and a half later everyone is asleep and snoring and i'm wide awake in ed's house this old school late 1800s drafty cold house let's yeah. be honest it's a cold house and it's dark out one, one time last time we were over there i went for a run at like i'm not joking when i say this like four or five in the morning it was still dark out and i'm going down all these like cottage lane streets you know what i mean like you know like you know the the bread man is like driving by in the morning and i got back everybody's still asleep at that point i'm wide awake because i just worked out for a run yeah and then all the and then then it would begin and then we everybody would be up and ready to rock and we're ready to drive to the next town and we get in that van and i'm getting sleepy night so I, I i have to do something i have to get on a schedule there i have i'm scared of it i'm not kidding i want to enjoy myself i don't want to be the guy that's tired i uh 
I personally you gonna take medication or yeah what? on the flight I because we're could, we're flying separately. Oh so, yeah, we're not with you. Yeah, I my flight leaves at 10 p.m. So I'm literally going to take something very mild, but just something that that's I can maybe nice flight, knock out. Because that's like because you arrive in the morning, time. eleven whatever it is, yeah. and yeah, we're all arriving at the same and you time. Can, you can sleep on the flight and wake up and be like, okay, that's the best way to probably kickstart the no jet lag. It's more yeah. fighting that first day. Like, how do you line? You got to you got to stay day. awake. You have to stay awake. Yeah. I have to. Yes, that's the only way to really kick it. Is when you fly in there, especially if it's daytime. I'm okay. not sure what time we arrive. You have to stay up. Yeah, you can coffee, whatever you gotta uh, do. You cannot go to sleep until like eleven you o'clock that night. Go to because sleep. that will kickstart you back in. The other thing you could do, which is yeah. what I did the first time we went to England in 2004, is oh, just I had terrible. Jet just lag never on get over the jet. Just stay on Pacific Standard Time Zone. I was going to bed at six o'clock in the morning every night and yeah. sleeping until I don't know. Because you were staying out with the real big fish guys. Yeah, because I was drinking all night. I was jet lagged as shit, so I just never my problem ever tour. adjusted. My I problem. came back and I was like, "This is great. I'm I'm, I'm set." My problem. That's <laughs> why I remember that very distinctly. I was the first guy to go to sleep every night. I was <clears> so <throat> tired after the shows that I would crawl into the God. I forget that exhaustion because on uh, you know uh, you know I don't have s- that exhaustion of being sleepy. That's all I'm trying to say. You know that that you know we're like I'm sorry. I have to go to sleep. I mm-hmm. know you guys are having a good time. I want to be and have have a great time and have a couple more drinks, but. I have to go to sleep. Yeah. The problem is you go to sleep and you, you wake, wake up, up four at- hours later. Yeah, yeah. It's how do you go to sleep for eight hours? I've got to find a way, Dan. I'm going to bring some stuff. I haven't slept for eight hours in like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Johnny Cash and her, you know, <laughs> I will find a way. We do have a question from the chat room. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, Jeff Small wants to know, Mike, what you think of the new Menzingers album. Mm. So... I'm a, I'm a very big Menzingers fan. Um, Jeff Small's my buddy from the East Coast. That's right. Okay. Went to school. Big punk rock guy, but yeah, talks yeah. the talk, knows his shit, played in a great band called Biome. Okay. And one time I saw their singer jump off a stage and break his arm in high school, which was just sensational. punk rock. If I remember correctly. That's the most punk rock thing ever. Yeah. Je- Jeff may correct. It wasn't so punk rock. Like, there was no one in the crowd, and it was just a real bad stage dive. And then I saw him at the Wawa later, like, I broke my arm when we played Wait, Bro this? Him. This is like 1995. Well, here's the, here's how punk rock it is. You're still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Good call. Um, no, actually, I'm I'm a huge Menzingers fan. Um, a bunch of my friends are as well. Um, biggest biggest kick in the you know where. Um, they actually played uh, a show in Chicago last year, and I was literally like, coming home from work, and I turned down my street. I lived in the city at the time, and there's this place called the Abbey Pub, and there's a van and a giant trailer, and all these tattooed dude standing outside and I was like, Oh, I wonder what's going on there. They, they never have any like th- that big of shows. I get home and I look it up. Menzingers. You didn't even know. I didn't even know. And I just read a pub. I was oblivious. They were two blocks from my house and Jesus. I totally ruined the whole thing. I was mad at myself for like a month. Wow. So what do you think of the new record? Um, I think I've only listened to maybe uh, a few of the songs that have been featured kind of, uh, from them. But, um, I, what I love about them is that there's nothing, nothing too polished about them. I, we personally, I, I'm a fan of kind of polishing down and making, you know, uh, that sounded terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we would have lit, we oh, lit Chris up more, on that one. I think it was more the motion. I'm a big fan of polishing. <laughs> Lo siento. Never gets old. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's what I think we, we appreciate here. But that there's something really nice about that band that you can they can just go up there and put a lot of emotion out on the on the floor and, and on the record. And it just sounds true. And that's that's the best thing about that band. Sweet. So Not you to like mention it. they came and they they play they played a festival in Chicago. They went on stage. They didn't say one word and they played twelve songs in a row and they left. 
And like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's not my thing. <laughs> no. I like a lot of chat. I like bands that talk to you and tell you stories and get you involved. That's just me though. You know? I mean I also love Bob Dylan and he says hi like an hour and a half into the show and then he says bye a half hour later and that's the end of like, well, Bob was really chatty tonight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he I guess said I like two both. words. Yeah. It's nice being the you know, being the listener that you can kind of Willie Nelson pick and choose when bands. I saw him. He was like, Hi, I'm Willie Nelson. Didn't say another word yeah. in between songs until he left. Yeah. Thank you. That's the Ramones thing. The Ramones were like, you know, yeah. they just like, one, two, three, four, and just rage. Yeah. You know? But it was that every three minutes for 30 minutes or an hour. Speaking of shows, this means nothing to anybody that doesn't live in this area. I'm super, super stoked. I already told you guys a bunch. Mm. I rarely wake up and uh, go online to buy tickets because a show is on sale. In fact, I probably haven't done it since I went to see Jimmy Buffett when I was in high school or something like that. But. This morning, I set the alarm, right, and uh, got up. Well, actually, it wasn't up. I was driving in a car, pulled over to the side of the road, and did it on my phone. But um, there is a show coming to Camarillo, which is 20 minutes from where you and I live, Dan. And this is just a shocker. The Smoking Popes are coming to a tiny, and I mean tiny little venue. And they are doing Destination Failure, which is their best record, and I think one of the great underrated records of all time, a yep. modern masterpiece, top to bottom, for 15 freaking dollars, 20 minutes from our house on a Tuesday night in May. I cannot believe it. That If you're not familiar it's with the Smoking Popes and you're listening to this, do yourself a favor. Find the record Destination Failure. It got lost in the 90s. It was very much... Yes. They had a very unique Tragedy. sound. In many ways, I mean, there's no fallout boy without Smoking Popes. I mean, like, that's a band... Don't you think that's a fair thing to say? I mean, half of Chicago's music, there is no... That didn't happen without yeah, the Smoking that Chicago Popes. Chicago pop punk every, every... I mean, it's, it's kind of a band's band. Yeah. Like, but every music head knows the Popes for sure. Yeah, and that's the record. I yeah. mean, it's just great. Oh, he, yeah. had, he has a very interesting, different voice. And when I first heard it, I was telling your lady, when I first heard them on the soundtrack for Angus, a film called Angus. Oh, yeah. And that was, uh, the nobody remembers the movie, but they remember it because uh, Green Day released their first song after... Um, dookie on angus so like you were like oh man new green day like back when like a soundtrack would have a brand new song and there was a weezer song on there called you gave your love to me softly which is a dope song um at any rate um i was so excited for that soundtrack and they were on i'm like oh who's this band and i just thought the guy sounded like a nerd i'm like this is so stupid couple years not weeks or months it's not like i found them in high school i was actually um turned on to them by bands like Split Habit, who we were friends with, the Chicago Midwest scene, sort of new Smoking Popes, and they were already kind of done at that point. And I actually stole the CD from Mike's house when we stayed there. <laughs> well, true story. Before Mike was in the band, that's true, it's true. Before Mike was in the band, um, we would stay at his house because he was in a band called Short Arm Trick that we were friends with. When we'd come to Chicago, they were like our Chicago friend band. Yeah, absolutely. We could always stay at Mike's house, and Mike's house was really just bizarre and dirty. Real dirty. Like, was, speaking of punk rock, it was, was a hole in the bathroom. Punk, it was yeah. five guys living in a, I, a house. There was, was so terrible. much cat hair in that bathroom. What else did you steal from there lid? that you didn't know about? I think I may have stole his monkey CD. No, that was somebody else. Um, <laughs> he may have but, stolen uh, that walking pneumonia but, from there too. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember getting into the Pope's and I found it there. And, you know, like, you know, again, it's a horrible thing. I would never do it now. But I was just like, this house is such a shithole. 
Ain't nobody on earth gonna know if the Pope's record's gone. And I, I brought that. And this is the days of Walkmans and not Walkmans, but the Discman, yeah, Discman yeah. in the in the the we, op, the Opod. My God, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> would put, we'd put CDs in the actual van to listen to. Yeah. And oh God, I fell in love with that record. That whatever tour that was, I just absolutely the song Paul is literally, I just think, a masterpiece. If you're listening to this and you don't know the Smoking Popes, go on Spotify, go wherever you need to go, listen to the song Paul. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Or Megan. And uh, or Megan. Yeah, it's amazing. Ones. But I actually bought tickets for that show. And Dan, I heard that you just got tickets. I did. And Mike, you I live may, where they live. <laughs> I, I live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. and You probably sell them food. I imagine this tour is going to come through there at some point. But if mm-hmm. not, I may still fly out on May 1st and <laughs> join you guys. It'd be so dope if you told no one. And we just walked into that dive bar next to the place. Like, hey, let's get a drink before the show. And it's just you in the corner. Like, what up, boys? <laughs> that may happen. Dudes. I may not leave. It's true. It's true. Well, guys, um, we're all here. Mike's here. Mike, um, since you're with us, uh, regale us with some tales of uh, talk about tour preparation for you. Because you're in a very different place. Because you don't live here. Like, you know, you've rejoined the band. And now we're doing what old bands do. They all live in different places and get together for shows. That's what we're doing. You live in Chicago. Is it difficult for you? Do you feel disconnected from what's occurring? I mean, are you just or are you just hit because everything's online? Like you see the excitement and everything that's happening. I, Fair I, question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, so I, I'm unbelievably excited about the the trip. Um, the the challenge for me is not that you guys aren't there because I realize I'm coming here to do rehearsals, but mm-hmm. the challenge is the weather. Because I want to kind of like I want to kind of take you through a journey of my rehearsal space okay. and what's been happening in Chicago. Okay. So, um, in my house. What have you been up to lately? No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, good talk, Russ. I uh, my electric drum kit is in my garage, mm-hmm. right? I can go in there and make a bunch of noise. Don't wake anybody else up in the house. Great. Uh, problem is, is it's been below zero. In Chicago for real, for real, for real, okay. uh, for two days. You look at or the phone. Weeks. You look at the phone and it says zero. Uh, yeah, with wind chill, it's been below twenty below. At some days, you looked at your phone and it said zero. Uh, no, it said negative nine, and then with the wind chill, it was negative twenty-two. Wow. Yeah. Why do you live there? Uh, you have to ask my wife. I guess. <laughs> Not really sure how she won that. Jackie. One. <laughs> So, um, Does she know you're doing this, by the way? Is she tuning in? She doesn't. She's, she's doesn't. not. She's not watching. She's going to love every moment of this. Um, <laughs> no. So basically, I have been. There's a. I put a picture up on Instagram. I have been going out. I have a space heater in my garage. Wow. And it actually takes the temperature. So I clicked it on, and it said 22 in my garage. Which again, no wind in there, right? That's still pretty cold. Is the garage outside here? Is What's it connected your, to the house? Well, What's your no, Instagram name? My Instagram name. Yes. Uh, I think it's Mike E Milligan. So, Sorry. um, carry on. I just post there. I don't really know what the handle <clears throat> is. Um, yeah, that's it. So it's connected there, it's to right the house. There. It's like the, you it's know, adjacent like a to the house. It's right off the laundry room, but it's, there's oh, it's no, connected to the there's house. no so HVAC open, going in there, but you open the door and it's there. So and it's, it's like my house. Okay. Absolutely. It's not a separate garage like Aaron's house. Correct. Gotcha. So there's a picture of Dan's, uh, pulling up here on the oh, screen. That's a nice picture of you. But it, it, at that moment it is 22 degrees in my thing. I have the. In my garage, I have the space heater on, in which it warmed up to forty-eight degrees. So you're wearing. We're looking at a the picture. You're wearing gloves. I'm wearing gloves, thin a hoodie. Gloves. I have and a, a beanie with a with a ball on. I have a like uh, undershirt, like a long sleeve undershirt, like winter shirt underneath there, and a hoodie, <laughs> and a beanie, and my ears <laughs> in. And Dan, that is creepy. The more you zoom in on that, it doesn't even look like you. It doesn't. I've turned it into a real piece of crap. <laughs> um, no, it's a nice picture of you. 
And, uh, you look like shit in person, but that's yeah, a good picture. the picture's yeah. great, though. That Millie's looking good, though. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been rehearsing two to three nights a week in that frigid cold. Wow. Um, and what's what's great and terrible at the same time, would you stop zooming? <laughs> no, no, that, that's you're watching the Facebook replay. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, the delay. The de- I and warned you about the delay. And that's what gets you. The yeah. minute you start looking at Dan's computer, you see horrible things that this no man should be for me, not for to. you. <laughs> Could you tell us this Moscow mule or not? <laughs> So I've been doing that for for weeks now on end, and it's I tell you what when you when it's freezing cold out there and you got a nice warm house and you're sitting on the couch, yeah, kids go to bed and you're like, oh, just gotta, to get motivated, I gotta go yeah. out there. I I have to bundle up like I'm going well, outside, and you're practicing by yourself. You're not. It's not yeah. like the homies coming over to inspire you or forcing you to get together. You actually have to get the. It's like working out. You have to get the motivation on your own to actually go in a cold garage at night when you're tired after work to hit. Yep, electronic drums. Yep, so I'm extremely excited. Have you though? What you've 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 stuck to it? You've gotten yeah. Good for you, man. Here's why I'm jealous of you, because I am really sick of playing the songs along with our recordings at fucking lethargic speed. You play them at the right tempo, because you are the metronome and you keep the tempo. They are so goddamn slow on record as compared to what we how we play them. But wait a minute, are you playing to the record? Yeah. So he has the same problem. Oh, so you're not just rocking at the tempos? No, no, I'm I'm playing to the recordings. Oh. I'm playing them. Well, okay, never mind. I'm not. I, we said this Do before. Do you have all the live sets ready for tomorrow? The clicks and the, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. When you had them last time. Yeah, yeah. I'm all prepared for that. I just like that. That doesn't matter. I I can you know change the adjustment of that. But it just remembering playing along with the songs. But I actually, I just have a couple beers and I go out there and freeze my butt off. And then I get about 15 songs in, and then when I'm about done, I warm up. <laughs> and then I turn everything off and I go inside. Now that I'm warm, I'll go wow. inside. Yeah, and then I'm off and I'm fine for the rest of the evening. Wow. So that's been my regimen now for the last uh, I don't know month and a half. Good, 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 good. So. It makes sense though that that that's that's there's there's commitment to that. You know, having to go in a cold garage yeah. every night. It's it's why people do stuff they don't do as much in in the in the Midwest and in the East Coast in the winter. They just don't. You, you it's hibernation, man. I'm talking to my friend Dylan, who's a comic book artist, and he was saying that's really popular on the East Coast and the Midwest because. It's winter and you don't go outside. So what are you going to do? You draw, mm. if you're yeah. you know an artist. Mm. I feel my daughter. She we have a like a little mini bouncy house, and we set it up in the garage. But it's it's too damn cold. And, <laughs> and so she'd be like, "Daddy, we can found we... her out there frozen one night." <laughs> yeah, like, "Daddy, can we go in the bouncy house?" And I'm like, "Yeah, maybe in the spring." Like it just, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm sorry. Insane. Yeah, it's too damn cold. It, and it was we uh, we go through every couple of years where it gets not this bad, but it gets cold. Uh, it's been really warm the last couple of years, uh-huh. so it's been kind of nice. And then this year has been frigid. Wow. Wow. Well, what's interesting about that is um, that sounds horrible. I'm putting um, a lot of work in here. Yeah, and I, I'm totally stoked that um, you know we have you know the the abundance of riches that is California weather. It's just incredible. An embarrassment of riches. Although we just had mudslides and fires everywhere. But I don't I have just any of say, that. Um, and again, we're we're, we're going to take things a little dark right now. But um, if you are not familiar, if you're listening to this. You heard the episode about the fire that struck our city of Ventura um, in early December, and it was just absolutely devastating, yep. horrifying. I took Mike for a drive today to see some of oh, it. Did what, you? Did you go? What was your What were your thoughts, Mike? Seeing all that stuff. Um, well, w- the first thing is is that uh, I've seen the pictures. I saw them from day one. Um, I was telling Chris I, I rocked my little Ventura strong pin on my my apron at work, and uh, you know it means a lot because I used to live here for for quite a long time. But um, seeing that stuff, I, I didn't. We didn't really. You were talking. You were explaining everything that happened. I don't think I really said much because I was just trying to take it all in. Yeah, it's it's kind of overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming, and it's just like 
we were driving, we were going five miles an hour, and it's just like blur after blur of burnt houses. It's yeah. just a chimney, a burned out microwave, and a burned out car, and then rubble. It was it was pretty crazy. The more thing than I, he thought. Did you see? Was it more houses gone than you thought? You you kind of described it. The kind of trippy thing is that because of that rain, it kind of turned some of the hills green a little bit again. So mm-hmm. it almost looks like. I imagine it to be. It was much worse. Was. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you saw it a month ago, every well, again, you, you didn't saw it even a week get ago. up there, but yeah, even that, that canyon, that gully, that last place yeah. we went, that was like burnt to a crisp the whole way. Yeah. That really kind of like all oh, the trees were that they had cut down were just to, solid black all the way up. To visualize what yeah. that, I kept saying that to them a hundred times, but I can't imagine what it looked like to be on one of those streets when that was happening. No. Yeah. What's it look like when you see twelve homes in a row? Everything on fire. On fire. Everything's on fire. You're literally you're in an inferno. You're you're. I mean, it's the real deal. Yeah. It's well, even you know the there was the video of that guy driving down the 405 right past the Sepulveda Pass, mm-hmm. and everything was on fire. And I've seen it four or five times since then, all burned out. And I'm like, my God, what must have this been like yeah. when it was on fire? Holy shit! And I kind of saw it here, but not as bad as it was down there. Yeah, I mean, brutal. <clears throat> so, we, so we took a little drive up there. But um, what I was getting at is we had that horrible tragedy here. And if anybody's been not under a rock, and I've actually been stunned at the uh, the lack of attention that, that it's gotten on a national level, but um, we had mudslides here. and not, Well, not here. 25 north, minutes North away. of us. About 25 minutes north of us <clears throat> in a town called Montecito. Montecito is incredibly filthy rich. Yes. It's right before Santa Barbara. It's about literally 25 minutes by the way the crow flies from Ventura. Yeah. Um, and uh, Oprah lives there. Uh, Alan Ellen lives there. Lots J- of celebrities. Jay Ferguson, our first producer. Oh. You know. Um, so How Fergie. How's so, Fergie doing? <laughs> as far as I heard, he's okay. He nice got house. evacuated, but you know. Yeah. Um, so beautiful town. Small town. 40,000 people, maybe, total? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a small town. It's very rich, very exclusive. The, the entire... It's on a hillside. The damn whole town is on a hillside. Beautiful houses up in I the I mean, hill. we talk about all the time how Ventura's nestled between the mountains and the hills. It's even more so in Montecito because the stretch between the the hills and the ocean is even smaller. It's nothing. It's so just the 101. There's, there's like yeah. beach, train tracks, 101, houses, hillside. Houses, like, hillside. Just boom, boom, boom. So um, our first rain came. Last week. This is last week. This is very, yeah. very... Last two weeks week. ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks? Oh, my God. Um, two weeks ago, first rain comes. And um, uh, they're worried about mudslides because of the fire. Yeah. Because it, we have not had rain, hard rain, since last February. Yeah. yeah. Almost a year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's and we, we actually got a lot of rain last year for yeah. here. Last February was our last hard rain. Horrible fires came, as you all know. The fires are almost close to gone. They're off in the hills somewhere. But they are panicked about this first rainfall that's coming to Ventura because of the damage from the fire. Everything is just loose and ripped up and burned out, and and mudslides occur in those conditions. Well, one happened. Um, It could have happened anywhere, for that matter. Anywhere there was fire, there was a chance yeah. of, of, of a mudslide. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, this, the town of Montecito, which had fire damage in, in their area as well, um, had a mudslide uh, two weeks ago. It was, I think it was on Tuesday night, Monday night. I don't remember. It was a Monday or Tuesday night. Um, it was almost like a month. It was a Monday night. It was like a month away from the fire, almost yeah. like perfectly a month after the fire. And uh, um, a mudslide happened. The area was evacuated. Certain areas of the town were evacuated as far as I know. They were mandatory. Yeah. They said, listen, you guys just aren't safe. You're in a heavy mudslide area. We want you to go. They did. Some places were voluntary, mm-hmm. you know, like we're with the fire. Like, hey, 
you should probably go. Yeah, but get out of here. You don't have to. Um, the rains came, and for whatever reason, Montecito, the way it is outlined with the mountain, somebody was explaining to me, tends when it rains to get heavy rainfall. It doesn't cross over well because the mountains kind of block. Keep it, it in, yeah. Something funky like that. Anyway, they got deluge of rain, out of control, full-fledged rainstorm in the middle of the night. And around 3 a.m., I believe. So what's even horrible about this is the time that it occurred. I yeah. mean, there are people asleep in their homes that didn't evacuate or maybe they're yeah, involuntary they asleep. or maybe they weren't even in a neighborhood that was supposed to be evacuated and boom a mudslide happened that ground literally starts to shake and an entire it liquefies s- it's called liquefaction liquefaction oh really Great. yeah you know, an entire chunk of the mountain yeah starts heading down sliding down, sliding down. It, it behaves like a liquid it behaves like water mm-hmm. coming down the hill and so you can't do anything about it it just wipes out everything in its you path you can't stop it wipes out everything in its yep. path um, in minutes in minutes yep. so um if you're listening to this and you have not seen this on the news you're not heard about this this is we're not making this up this is the real deal after the horrible fires in ventura in december two weeks ago in montecito 25 minutes away a mudslide occurred based off of the rain that came yep. after this fire area and 20 people were buried to death yeah they were 20 people confirmed killed killed um last i heard there were at least three that they were still looking for crushed that was a couple days ago they were either crushed they were either drowned they were either buried alive um it happens very fast i heard it was about two minutes i don't know if you heard that dan but the whole event lasted about two minutes plausible it feels like an earthquake everything starts shaking but the intensity of this, you have to imagine if you're listening to this, it's not, I don't, I don't think we're describing it, we're describing mud. The whole house goes. If the mudslide hits where your home is, no, it, it's gone. It takes your home out. Imagine an explosion, your house just explodes, and more debris is now in the mud that keeps moving. Whole houses are being shifted and thrown into other houses. Houses are collapsing. Boulders, not rocks, boulders the size of cars yeah. and bigger are just flying in this month. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, huge boulders up in the mountain and the rocks are now on their way down. Tumbling down. Tearing through this city. Tearing through it in a straight line. And it got to the bottom of the town and fired out onto the 101, which is the main freeway that we always talk about that goes along the ocean and the side of the hills of California. It covered a section of the 101. And beyond. And beyond. Went all the way to the ocean. to the ocean, yep. right? Into the the mud from the top of a mountain went down a mountain through a town across a major freeway across the sand and bunked out, I believe, at the ocean. It kind of stopped right at the water, right? Just just beyond the train tracks, I believe, which is right next to the ocean. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. The devastation, as we said, 20 people are dead. Children. Children. Yeah. That, that just horrifies by, me. By contrast, me. there were two deaths for the Thomas Fire, which was raged over... 400,000 acres. Mm-hmm. And and one of them was a firefighter. One of them was a firefighter in the line of duty. He died. The other one was a car accident. Right. One was trying to flee. We talked about this. Yeah. One person, well, two people died over the two weeks that this fire was raging. Within minutes, 20 people it, were dead. Still died. And uh, to put this in perspective, because where the picture, the overhead picture is of the 101. You got to put a picture, Dan? I can try and find one. To put, put it in perspective for anyone who's listening, imagine any uh, interstate freeway... Uh, major highway, right? And it has an overpass bridge that you would cross under, right? Like a semi-truck can drive under this thing, right? Imagine that entire thing up past the point of the overpass 
to the point where you can't even see the overpass anymore filled with mud. Yeah. Anywhere in the, in the world. That's what it looks like in the picture. This is, <laughs> this is a freeway. This is a massive yeah. there we go. four, five, six lane. That's, yeah. There it is. Now, um, it, we say there it is because if you are watching this live, not many are, but if you are watching this live and you knew about it, you can see these pictures. If you're just listening like most people listen, you're probably not going to see these. But, damn, what can they search? Montecito? Just Mont Montecito Slides. Flood. Look this up. It's if, terrifying. We're, the, the main picture we were just looking at was just incredible. <clears throat> the River of Mud. It looks like a river, right, Dan? It's a river. Yeah. That's not a river. That's the 101. That is a major. That's yeah. the PCH. Freeway. That is a major freeway. And you can see how the mud just went down all the streets. Debris everywhere. Trees uprooted. Whole homes moved. That's people, the picture. People were crushed. People drowned. And, and there were several children. And that breaks my heart, man. I mean, I like kids. I love kids. Um, the idea that they had to die in such a bizarre, freakish, out-of-the-blue death is horrifying. The terror that people must have had in that town, it's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. You're barely awake. All power has been knocked out. There's a violent rainstorm raging down. And literally, in some cases, there are cars being thrown past your home. Your entire home is being... What, what is that, Dan? Is that, is that the 101? That's the 101, I think... Um that's the 101? It just looks like a dirt road in the hill somewhere. Well, I can't confirm it by this picture, but it looks like the 101 where it, like, yeah, like Bates Road it. is right there. Oh, God. Um, these are, these are the wild pictures. Says. Again, we, we recommend you hopping on You there know what the worst thing is, though? That, that happened right after the Thomas Fire. Mm-hmm. I'm connected to the Thomas Fire. This is no very much. Yeah. But I mean, like, right after it. You know what I mean? Like, timeline-wise. Practically one month. Like, come day. on. It isolated they're terrible mm-hmm. one after another that's awful just one after another and all that death and all that destruction and oh my god look at look at this um uh oh, jesus 18 19 19 confirmed deaths as of the article that you're reading yeah and this i don't see a dane line here but and uh my, my, my january 19th that's today. this is gonna sound horrible but look to go down dan where you're reading there's some of the ages on there I oh mean, god my fucking god man 10 years old three years old um, uh, it's literally largely the elderly old. and the very young. There's a couple that are, you know, teenagers, but mostly they're over sixty and under. Six 10. years old, two years old. I'm telling <clears> you right now, if I'd want, if I was a father, I and mean, you can quite equate to this because you are a dad, Mike. Um, yeah, you'd want to go, right? Wouldn't you want to go if if your two children were going to be smashed to death? If I knew you about it, live. Could you carry on? No. If I knew about it, I would be long gone. If you knew about what? I would never what, take that say, chance. knew about what? Oh. Uh, like, if, they, if I was given the warning yeah. that this may happen. You have to protect your family. Pack up. We're going to go somewhere else. Get a hotel for a few nights and hope for the best. Safe than sorry. Safe than sorry. Safe than oh, sorry. Oh, absolutely. I have a lot absolutely. of... Absolutely. You'd address this, and I'm not trying to make light of it or anything, but it, we all have things that are collectibles that we like, but nothing is more important than... Than your your kids yeah. and your your family. You now, know, we are not saying that those people that passed away necessarily did that. No, some no, of no. these people may have been in an Completely area that unexpected. weren't evacuated at all. And I, their I, house was just wiped. I yeah. did hear that one of the zones that got hit hardest was a voluntary evacuation zone. It wasn't a mandatory evacuation mm-hmm. zone, and it just happened. And they just didn't know which way. I mean, when we say money, you got to understand this could be th- th- there's massive hills. It could have been any street, any area. So some some parts of the town weren't devastated at all. But Dan, I mean, it kind of just basically is going to sound really disgusting, but it kind of shit out, right? I mean, it kind of just yeah. went, yeah. just well, like. Were you asking if, like, if I didn't know about it and that happened, would I be able to? 
Is that what you were saying? Uh, well, I mean, I think as a human nature, you would have to carry on. You know what I mean? But I'm saying if you were told to potentially evacuate and you said, nah, fuck it, and you lived and your children did oh, it, yeah. that you'd feel like you killed them, right? Yep. You'd feel like you killed them. Yep. Now, I'd be long gone. It would be different, however, if you had no idea and you were just in a regular neighborhood and all of a sudden this happened. you got to carry on. I mean, life's life. But it would be difficult to have that burden of... I got a warning saying you are in a voluntary evacuation zone for a mudslide and I chose to keep my family in the house instead of going to grandma's or a hotel or a shelter. Well, like you, you said, you, the the guy you know who like went and knocked on his neighbor's door and got them up for the fires, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I was, know, that I just, was my neighbor across the street. Yeah, just don't take that lightly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, just do it. Just get out. Yeah, it's I, not I, worth I it. have learned a lot from this because you, you hear this stuff and you never think it's going to happen. You never think it's going to be extreme. A lot of false alarms yeah. out here, let's be honest. A lot it's of true. times, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be a terrible storm. We have had two incidents now where there was it was all real. In a month. It was all real. Yeah. You know, and, and people lost their lives. So for all those homes and all the destruction and terror we talked about, the people of Montecito, which are essentially our neighbors, they're in a whole other world. And it could have very easily been us, too. Been here. Like they're been right here. up the road. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jacqueline told me that, you know, she heard that if there's any rain at all this week, which there isn't forecasted any, mm-hmm. it's, we're all under mandatory evacuation where I live. Like, wow. you're fucking out. So you may get a mandatory evacuation. Yeah, twice. that, that may happen Jay again. Ferguson apparently did that. At one point, he was, man- he was evacuated for the fires, and then he was evacuated for the mudslides. Yeah. As far as I know, he evacuated both times, which is... It, which He's is a smart good. guy. Smart guy, but... um. Just so horrible. So, man, it has been – we're talking about all the – looking forward to the tour and all that stuff. It's been a bad time around here. I mean, we live in such a blessed area. We talk about it all the time, how amazing the weather is in Ventura based on anywhere in Southern California. Like, yeah. to me, it's San Diego and Ventura. That's where you want to live. And he, I like Ventura more because sometimes you get a nice little overcast. Down in San Diego, <laughs> it's always sunny. You don't even get a cloudy day. But um, it has not been a good time to live in this area at all. You know, I mean, like you can talk about Ventura Strong and people rallying around each other. There are 20 I people I mean, the community's been amazing. There's 500 people, yeah. 500 families that are without their homes in the city we yeah. live in. It's been, it's been a tough time, you know. It's been rough. It's been brutal. Yeah, that, that Montecito thing blew my mind. I had the flu around the time that that was breaking out. So I kind of came out of the flu to hear all this, and it was like, Wait, what? Did you say a couple people died last night in the rain? That's you know, think of the mentality when right. you come out of something. You say somebody died last night in the rain. Wait, did you just say ten people? Wait, did you say forty people are missing? Wait, wait, did you say the one hundred one shut down? When it was, you, ba- say, you tell me I can't drive to Santa Barbara and, and talk about that, Dan, because it that's was, another thing. Well, it was bad enough that even the one hundred one in Ventura was closed for a while. Yes, there were three days that at the intersection of the 126, which is an eastbound freeway that ends rerouted. Yeah. in the 101. It ends in our town. At that, the 101 was shut, closed down there. Yeah, boom. That's that. Done. They had to remove debris, and it was closed for three days. And the 101 in Santa Barbara, right now, if you live in Ventura, still and you want to go to Santa Barbara, it's still closed. To tell them the route you have to take. You can either, well, so you can, if you want to drive, you have to go take the 126 to the 5, go north on the 5 to mm-hmm. the 46 or whatever, go all the way to the one, like up, up near, I believe, Santa Maria, S- Santa Maria or San Luis Obispo, and you go down, and yeah. you come down the one on one. So it's about a five-hour drive, which would take you forty-five minutes. A five-hour drive, or what would normally be a thirty-five-minute drive. Now the trains are back open again. They got the trains open okay. pretty quickly. Trains are going. They added more cars to the Amtrak, so you can get the Surfliner up there. All you could do is take a boat. But yeah, that's, that's where I was getting to. The only thing you could do was take a ferry. So our hairdresser, our, Missy, Missy yeah. t- 
took a damn boat to work. She said people were Santa on the, Barbara. People were vomiting off the side because the sea. Think about how rough the sea is after yeah. a rainstorm. There are people taking a ferry, like not to sound weird, but like a third world country to work. Or like going to Delaware from New Jersey. True. Yeah, well, yeah. well, third world country. Third world country. Um Mike, you, you, you told me a story about a band yeah. that you know. So uh some some guys I played in a band with Here's um, some Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff Small. Jeff Small, look, pay look, attention. Who will respect these insane names in uh punk oh, rock I, past. You wanna okay. So I briefly played in a in a band with um a guy named Dan uh Precision who is in eighty eight fingers Louis um, he has a side project called Major Threat, which is a minor threat tribute band. Anyway, of course it is. Yeah, weird. They came out. They did a shows uh, out in the West Coast. Anyway, they were driving from I think Santa Barbara to Ventura to play a show with some of our friends here. And uh, what should have been a thirty-five minute drive, they had to be rerouted all the way out northwest so they're in to Santa the five. Barbara, and they got to drive thirty minutes down to Ventura, and instead they had nope. to take the path that Dan just talked about. Yep, five hours. Five hours. Talk about talking about not making any money that night at the show. I mean, you might imagine that, like, hey man, you know what's so cool? We got bookings that are thirty minutes away. Oh sweet, we can sleep in that day. Well, not to uh, mention gas is like three thirty a gallon right now. Like, yeah, I'm sure I, I told them all van. these great places to go eat and go see, and they pulled up right Camp. at showtime. Wow, damn. Um, yeah, so it's it's just strange times, and that's a real, real horrible tragedy. And uh, we spent a lot of time in Montecito, Dan, because like I said, our first producer, we, yeah, we, we recorded our first record in Montecito. I think two, first two records. No, the second one was in uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, we did pickups at his house. That Fergie's though. I did sure. one at Fergie's. We, we did. did we did there. some other shit there. It wasn't just oh, we, the first we're record. We're always doing so, but predominantly our very, very first record. We spent a lot of time in Montecito. Mag Mike, baby. That was a special place for us, man. We drive to Montecito every day and work yeah. on the record. Yeah, and, that was very know. fun. God, we were like fourteen. It was such a wonderful yeah, time, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, it's so sad. Our heart goes out to that, and not to not to end the podcast on a, a negative note, but it's just the truth of what's going on. We thought the worst was over. I, if you would have told me that there would be another tragedy associated with a Thomas fire thirty days later, I'd be like, "You're fucking nuts, dude." There's like seven hundred homes that burnt down. Like, ain't nothing worse than that. 